0: Chapter 34, Moshe is invited by God to hew for himself two tablets. In the first verse of chapter 34, And I, says God, will write on these tablets what I wrote on the first tablets that you broke. Be prepared for the morning, in the morning you will go up to Mount Sinai, and you you will stand, literally stand there, present yourself there to me, on the top of the mountain, you are to come alone, and no other person, shall be seen anywhere on the mountain, neither shall the flocks and the herds graze at the foot of the mountain. So Moshe is invited up to the mountain, this time alone, and God will present Moshe with the same writing that appeared on the first tablets. And Moshe does this in the fourth of the verse. Moses carves for himself two tablets of stone, just like the first ones, Gets up early in the morning, and God descends in verse number five in a cloud, and uh, he stood there with him, and he cried out, Proclaim the name of God. It's not actually clear in the verse who's doing the proclaiming. Is it God proclaiming God's name to Moshe? Is Moshe calling God? Unclear. and God crossed over, passed over before Moshe, before him, and cried out, a description of God's attributes, known in that tradition as the attributes of mercy, the Yud Gimel Midot, and this is a description of God, attributes of mercy. Rav Chesed V'emet, typically translate as God, God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in kindness, V'emet, can be translated in truth or faithfulness, extending kindness to the thousandth generation, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. God does not remit all punishment. But visits the iniquity of parents upon children and children's children upon the third and fourth generations. So, this is a God is describing God, the attributes of God. At which point, the Torah says that Moshe hurries up. Moshe bows low to the ground. O Lord, if I had found favor in your eyes, God should walk amongst us. Kiamkshe Orefu. Kiamkshe Orefu. Kshe Oref means stubborn. Ki, they are stubborn. We'll come back to Ki in a minute. You will pardon our iniquity, our sin, and take us as your own for your inheritance. It's at this point, God has agreed to give Moshe the second set of tablets. And when God agrees to give Moshe the second set of tablets, what that means is that it's now possible to build the Mishkan. Earlier in chapter 33, God had told Moshe, you can go into the land, the land of milk and honey, I'm not going to go with you. I'm not going to go with you means you can't have a temple, you can't have a sanctuary, you can't have a Mishkan. And in fact, they can't have a Mishkan, For Moshe has broken the tablets which are the work of God. Every other part of the tabernacle is built by people. But the tablets are God-made. So when Moshe broke the tablets, the power of breaking the tablets is that Moshe made it impossible for God to dwell amongst the people in this tabernacle, except if God will agree to give a second set of tablets, to replace the first set of tablets. In chapter 34, God has agreed to give the second set of tablets, so it will be possible if Moshe goes up the mountain, brings down the tablets, he can then, in chapter 35, command, instruct the people about how to build this Mishkan, which is exactly what happens in the Torah. What's interesting is that Moshe's prayer, Yehochana Hashem God should be in our midst, B'kirbeinu, is exactly what God said God could not do in chapter 33, and God gave a reason in chapter 33. For you are a stubborn people, a stiff necked people. Lest they consume you on the way. That's in chapter 33. And now in chapter 34, God has agreed to give Moshe a second set of tablets and to invite Moshe back up to the mountain. And Moshe says, when Moshe hears the attributes of God's uh, mercy, Moshe quickly bows down and says, "Please, in matsati na Hashem walk amongst us, ki amkshe orifu." So, what does it mean, ki amkshe orifu? So, in the translations, we find two different translations, and the comment which reflect the views of various commentaries about what the word ki means. Ki can mean despite. In other words, despite the fact, earlier God had said, I can't go in their midst, because if I go in their midst, I will destroy them. We'll have a fight, and I'll destroy them, I'll consume them. It's better I don't go with you. And Moshe says, no, please do come with us, despite the fact that they are stiff-necked. You will take us as your inheritance. The other way to read the word key, which is what the word key usually means, is because, since. No, God, please walk with us since they are stiff-necked. So how could it mean since? God has said earlier, that's the reason I can't go with him. And Moshe in chapter 34 says since. And I believe the way to understand it is the following. What we're talking about is two sides, each of which wants to figure out how to live with the other. God is presented in very human terms. In chapter 33, yes, tell them to take the, keep the jewelry off, but I, I, says God, can't be in their presence together with them, dwelling together. And the people are mourning and crying and want to be in God's presence. How, how can we arrange this How can we work this out? And Moshe is the one, the honest broker, who's to bring the two sides together. The two sides together, the reconciliation requires concessions on each side. The people's concession, keep off the jewelry, to mourn the loss of God's presence, to seek God outside the camp. Moshe had placed his own tent outside the camp and called it the tent of meeting. Those who were seeking God would take the journey to travel outside the camp even though it's far away. Others would stand by their doors and gaze at Moshe who entered God's presence and bowed down at that time by their own doors, also connecting but in a different way. That's the concession the people make. What about from the other side? What about God? What is the concession God is making? And what Moshe is saying here, I believe is, and what God is revealing to Moshe, in response to Moshe's request, is let me reveal to you the aspects of God that can travel with you. If it's to be only a God of truth, only a God of emet, that God cannot dwell together with the human being. Because the human being is fallible, is prone to mistake, sinful, and God, the exacting God, will consume us. What Moshe is praying for is something different, which is, don't travel with us in the fullness of what God is. Travel with us in the aspect of your f- forgiveness, in the forgiving God. Rahum v'chanun. Rav chesed v'Emet, And here chesed the at least in the initial formulation of it, in the book of Exodus, in chapter 34, does not mean uh, graciousness or kindness and truth. Chesed v'emet here means kind of abiding chesed, an abiding grace. That's how chesed v'emet functions in the entire book of Genesis. Chastov v'amito. The servant of Abraham said, Blessed is the God who has not abandoned God's chesed and emet from Abraham. It doesn't mean truth. It means abiding chesed, abiding grace. Jacob had said to Joseph, Please, after I die, do for me chesed ve'emet, abiding, abiding kindness. And here too, we have chesed ve'emet. So Moshe says to God, you can dwell with us, but only in the aspect of the forgiving God, and then actually the presence of God becomes a presence which actually helps atone for our sins. It's not that just you can also come along, but on the contrary. Yehochna Hashem travel with us, be with us in the aspect of your of of the forgiving God. Kiam amk because we need you in this respect. We need the forgiving God to travel with us wherever we are, in all our journeys. We need the God of Chesed v'emet, of abiding kindness.